This is Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization engaging the public on critical quality of life issues so we make informed choices for our community's future. Visit us on the web at seavilletomorrow.org. On November 7, 2017, voters in the Samuel Miller Magisterial District go to the polls to elect their representative to the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. This recording is Tim Dodson's October 2, 2017 interview with Republican John Lowry. Lowry is challenging incumbent Democrat Liz Palmer. Mr. Lowry, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. The complete audio recording and written transcript for this interview will be available online. Information from this interview will be used in the compilation of the nonpartisan voter guide being produced by Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow does not endorse any candidates, and our goal is to provide information to the public so they can make an informed vote on issues primarily related to land use, transportation, public education, and community design. As you are aware, the first two questions you will be asked have been provided in advance. For the others, you have been provided only the topic in advance. All supervisor candidates will be asked the same questions. We ask that you keep these answers we ask that you keep these questions confidential until all candidates have been interviewed. Each candidate will be provided an opportunity to review the excerpts selected for the voter guide before its publication. Are you ready to start? I am. Question one. Please describe your past experience that qualifies or please describe your past experiences that qualify you to be on Albemarle Board of Supervisors. Okay. I am ready, but I do need to thank you all for having me for this interview. And I've read from them for more than a decade, and I appreciate your, uh, your uh, sincerity in getting the information out so voters can read about the issues. I've been knocking on doors, and I hear from people who say, I have to read you before I can decide. My qualifications, I am um, I'm a long-time volunteer and participant in county activities, as chair of the airport board when the uh, new airport was built back in the late 80s, and we wanted it to be a gateway to the community, and it's a pretty building. As chair of the Economic Development Authority uh, for 12 years for the county, and I... Um, we did many good things. We did um, $500 million in bonds for many worthy borrowers over that time period. And I was chair of the Board of Equalization for five years, the tax board, where people come and say how happy they are to pay taxes. And I've been an election official for my precinct assistant chief. So I've done a lot for the county and done a lot of things with the staff, and I've enjoyed very much working with the county and for the county. Question two, what is your top priority for action by the Board of Supervisors if you are elected? My uh, top priority if and when I'm elected is to be, for Albemarle County Board of Supervisors, of a different political persuasion. The county now has only really one party uh, represented in at the Board of Supervisors, as does the city. It's only one party. It's, I don't think, Tim and Brian, that it's healthy not to have different points of view. And I can represent civilly 
and articulately and from a different philosophy, um, a, 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 something that could add a lot to conversation in the county so that maybe decisions are reached quicker, more quickly, and um, more thoroughly in their discussion. I would like to be that person, be the fresh face on the Board of Supervisors. Question three. Name both a revenue item and an expense item in the county budget that you are concerned about, and tell us why. Okay. The, the revenue item, I would say it's the lack of commercial base. Uh, I've been talking about how the county needs to have economic development for quite a long time. In fact, Mr. Wheeler did a very nice study about 10 years ago how 17.5% of the county's revenues were from businesses. And other counties have almost double that. And so my revenue item would be to have more commercial revenue, that is, from businesses that have jobs, retail businesses, true higher-paying jobs, light industry places, um, light manufacturing things happening in the county so that we have a better revenue base instead of so pronounced towards only on real estate tax. And then the expense item that concerns me most, there are a couple, but I'll say that one is the acquisition of conservation easements. I am absolutely against conservation easements by the county that are paid for by the county come from taxpayer money, and they go to people who have lots of land but not much cash. They're called land poor, but really they're cash poor. And I'm against the taking of tax revenue from people that might not want this to go there to give, be given to people so that their land goes out of circulation in perpetuity and stays rural. I understand about conservation easements, and I'm not against stopping conservation easements, but I do not think that the county should be involved in such a big, significant way in, in, in buying people's rights for development and giving them taxpayer money. Question four. Should the board make boundary adjustments for Albemarle County's designated growth areas to create new locations for businesses on land that today is in the rural area? Why or why not? Well, to answer your question, it all depends on really who shows up. Uh, the government doesn't make a prospect come to the county. It's who would like to be in the county, and then what are their needs. So it's a decision that's hypothetical until it actually happens. Um, we do need, in the county, more usable space for commercial activities, for light industry. We have very little land, 440 acres in the growth area that's commercial, 110 in our light industry, and they're not very big parcels. So we need places for businesses to land so they can do things and hire people and pay taxes. Uh, but that's a, an action idea for me. I think the county should have an economic development department. We don't really now. We should have an economic development director. We don't have one now. We should have a new business manager, an existing business manager, Susan Steinmart's perfect there, and a real estate manager. And then we can do due diligence and have things happen in the county, and we've gone for far too long without that uh, process in place. Question five. City, county, and UVA officials meet regularly to discuss issues of mutual interest as part of the Planning and Coordination Council, or PAC. 
What is one specific area of cooperation involving the university that you would like to see addressed? I need to ask you all, PAC is an acronym. Did you tell me what it was? Planning and Coordination Council. Okay, I believe this is the one that the last several times have been up at the university and the uh, chief operating officer, Pat Hogan, more or less has conducted the meetings. And I think it's wonderful. <laughs> and Pat's a man of action. Uh, so, uh, but the answer truly is we're going to have a new county executive. The university is going to have a new university president. The heads of the different governmental agencies need to communicate at the top. That's mostly what needs to be done. I don't think we have enough. I think the county executive ought to be on the telephone once a month to both the president and the COO or either. I don't think there's enough communication at the top. And then things will follow from that. Um, I don't know. I hadn't thought about a specific area that would be addressed, but I do know that Pat Hogan did say that he would like to have the county do more for people who graduate from the university. There are 3,300 graduates from UVA every year, and not very many can get jobs here in Albemarle County because there, are places, there aren't places for them to get jobs. So you're being shown that the university is interested in action, the county needs to pick up the ball and get, advance it down the court. Question six. While there are many areas of city-county cooperation, such as water and sewer services, schools, the airport, and regional jail, there is currently tension over issues that range from bikes at the Ragged Mountain natural area, the subject of a lawsuit, to the future location of Albemarle's court facilities. What do you attribute this tension to, and what will you do to promote mutually beneficial relations? Um, the, the, um, it's too bad that the city and the county don't get along better, and yet we get along much better than um, it might be. So it's sort of could be better, could be worse. For the Ragged Mountain Trails, uh, I think that it's too bad that mostly the city hasn't communicated before action was taken. But the county, with good leadership, if we'd had, for instance, Jane Dittmar at the head of the county right now, chair, chair of the board, I think you'd have a mediator and so there would have been action. I'm kind of sorry that it's turned out the way it has. For the uh, court facilities, um, I am in favor of the court facilities staying downtown. That's option one. We have a beautiful historic courthouse. We spent $3 million to bury the utility lines about 10 years ago. It's a beautiful place. The Levy Opera House has three floors that we could have. Uh, that there would be county courts on one floor, city courts on another floor, and a third floor that's excess capacity right now. And the county would take up the city on its offer to build a parking garage at the corner of 6th and Market Street. And we don't need to move. And I'm surprised to find that businessmen don't want to have the county move out to the northern part of the county. And so I don't see any reason we should change. Um, last point, though, there, there could be mergers between city and county activities that administration could be streamlined. They have duplicate services, but the duplicate services are always going to be there because they're needed for both populations, but there could be mergers of administrations that would streamline the activity. Question seven. What would you like to see changed about the way the Board of Supervisors and the County Executive do business both at its meetings and outside the public eye? 
Well, I suspect this question is asked. It's not real clear, but I suspect it's for something that I've been worrying about or I'm concerned about, I think needs to be addressed, and that is we have a board of supervisors that has progressively worked its way into being almost staff. They're too active in day-to-day operations of the county. You have a county executive, and he has or she has the staff, and the staff should do all the work that involves a lot of detail. And so I think the Board of Supervisors need to be leaders and managers and have vision, but maybe a little less deeping in, getting into the till to having things done. And I, um, I think that we have a new county executive, Jeffrey Richardson, and he should not have to, as another part to answer your question, he should not have to have so many Board of Supervisors meetings. It used to be we had about two dozen a year, plus maybe an extra one or two around tax time. Last year there were 57 Board of Supervisors meetings, and this year we're on track for 60. We've already had 40. So that's stress to the staff. It, 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 I think the question really is, is asking about a more efficient operation, a more efficient mindset of the supervisors so they're better leaders, better managers, and more visionary, and, and we've gone out of balance. There's too much uh, going on with too many meetings. That's my answer. Question eight. If elected, what will you do to help our community move forward in the aftermath of this past summer's violent demonstrations? And how will you seek to best represent and effectively serve our economically and racially diverse communities? Well, I I believe the county's uh, racial relations are pretty good. And we're talking about Caucasians and Asians and Hispanics and blacks. And I believe the county's relations in... um, getting along together in little communities. I live out in North Garden, and we mix very well out in North Garden. So I don't see that there's a um, a persistent problem like perhaps there is in the city of Charlottesville, and I think the city of Charlottesville is mainly the one that has to take responsibility for this tragic happening that has blemished Charlottesville, Charlottesville is Charlottesville Albemarle's reputation, and it is a permanent effect there was going to be growth in the county, and there will be growth in the county, but it's minus X. There will be people who will not move here, and there are people who will move away. So it's been a tragic thing. But I, the only problem in, in Albemarle County, it's not really a problem, but it's a challenge, is Yancey School did close. And I knocked on doors going down Porter's Road, and th- they're very unhappy. But it was a long time coming, and it, and it has happened. So we need to face the reality, and there is good work being done with many, many activities being suggested for that building, which is now going to be owned by the county and not the school board. So that's one area where we do need to do some work um, in this very southern part of the county. Question nine. How would you describe the challenges and opportunities facing Almaro County's rural farms, fields, and forests? Okay, the, it, um, Albemarle's blessed with beautiful land. We all love our land. Um, and um, there's um, so much interest in it that perhaps the people who own the land, and we're, quite, we're dealing a little bit here in property rights, the people who own the land are being asked 
too much of them on both ends, on, on taxation, because taxes are going up on real estate, including farmland, and on uh, what they have to do to comply with regulations or Albemarle County's voluntary participation in, in stormwater and, and what's going to be the rain tax. So our rural areas are beautiful now, but the owners of the land are kind of getting pinched both ways. And we have about a 1,000 farms in Albemarle County, but not very many of them make much money. Do you know that the average wage of a farmer is $12,000 a year? So that's why farmers have daytime jobs. And adding more burden of tax on either end is, is not helpful for them in their keeping their land uh, economically viable. And I, I just want to ask a follow-up. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned the, the rain tax, and just for the listeners, oh, yes. that you're referring to the stormwater utility fee that the county has been considering. Yes, the, the county has had a very beautiful study done uh, by a group that uh, uh, did a very thorough analysis and concluded that there should be uh, a tax on impervious surfaces that uh, buy square footage, uh, and the larger the amount of the square footage, the more the tax would be. So it's just a question of what the rate's going to be, and, it, and it, unless things change dramatically, it's going to come into effect uh, early in 2019. I will say as a footnote, the administration in the new national administration has changed the way the Environmental Protection Agency has a license to do things. And what precipitated a lot of the action about stormwater was that the um, Environmental Protection Agency deemed ponds and lakes as navigable waters a couple of years ago. No change in the law, but a change in the regulation. And that, I've heard from the delegates in, in, in Richmond, that came to them, and then the delegates in Richmond came to the counties and cities and said, well, you need to do something about it. So that's the, that's the chain, and the chain could change. It's not, not a law yet. In question 10, what is your top transportation priority, and how will it be funded? Um... I'd like to have more bicycle transportation and uh, more electric cars and more connector roads. But I have to say that transportation uh, expenses, money, comes from the states, from our state, Virginia. And this, our state gets money from the federal government. The federal government doesn't tell us how to do our roads, but the state does. So the localities have very little say in the transportation plans, really. I understand we have the Metropolitan or Planning Organization. We have people that set priorities. But I'll give you an example. What we need to do is not stub our toes. We need to be very careful in our priorities, and then maybe some of the things have a vision of what we would like to do come to pass. But what happened, for instance, with the Deschutes Brewery was the intersection of 29 and 64 was fairly high on the list of things that were going to be done. And then the door was shut on the brewery, and the brewery didn't come here, wasn't really even considered. So within six months, the State Transportation Board and VDOT moved the improvements of the intersection from 150 to 274 on the state list. 
the supervisor, why? Why? The, one of the reasons was there, uh, they, they analyzed the intersection, and one of the things that was deemed necessary to be of interest is sign of economic development, and there was no sign of economic development at that intersection. So you put a zero in the denominator of any uh, numerator, and you're going to have a very low answer. That's what happened at that intersection. The board stubbed their toe. It's not that we didn't win the shoots. We didn't try to win the shoots. So the board needs to be visionary, have good management, be leaders, and not stub their toes. <laughs> John Lowry, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. And thank you all again. I appreciate it very much.